I can't say I'm cheering for the USA because I'll yeah. catch flack from either side. <laughs> but of course I am. I mean, that's just I mean, it's like when Tennessee, where I went to school, plays my wife's team at LSU and I like both teams. I'm going to pick for the orange. That's just <laughs> what we're going to do. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy and Christopher Powers. We have a special Ryder Cup guest this week, Jim Gallagher Jr., of course, a member of the victorious 1993 U.S. team, the last U.S. team to win on foreign soil. Uh, So fun conversation with him coming up in a bit. We'll talk a lot of Ryder Cup, make some picks, make some bets. But first, the Solheim Cup. Uh, pretty exciting stuff, I got to say. Um, I, I do want to debate whether or not there should be a tie in this whole retained thing or not. Uh, but first, let's just, you know, let's be positive here. Uh, terrific event. Obviously, it looked like the U.S. had it. And then, man, everything just went against them in that last hour or so some incredibly clutch performances by uh caroline headwall and and carlotta Saganda was incredible the whole week uh leona mcguire as well so well done for team europe got suzanne Pat- Pedersen throwing up the three fingers for the three peat yeah I, I i loved it these these they're getting heated out there so what do you guys think about it? steve i know you were sweating out um uh, some bets as well in, in regards to solheim yeah, um, you know, Lexi coming out in the first session on Friday was a surprise. And so um, when CP and I played golf with uh, Keith Stewart, who does the read the line stuff, is as sharp as an LPGA uh, better, as we know. Once that came out, I, I asked Keith, I was like, are we putting the farm against Lexi or what? And he's like, yes, we, we are. Um, so I made a very big bet the kind of bet I had to ask Katie about because it was a significant family decision. Um, again, Lexi, yo, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a great opportunity. I, I spelled it all out to Katie. I was like, look, oh I think this is great. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then Lexi goes on and, you know, finds her game with Megan Kang um, in the morning. So did not uh, deliberate with Katie about doubling down in the afternoon. Ooh. That was electric. I don't know if you guys were watching. Um, I mean, the Europe Europeans were up the entire time pretty much, but it goes all square going into 18. Lexi's in great shape. Um, obviously, greenside in two because she's got the distance. Leona McGuire comes up short with her third shot, which uh, mm. spins off the green. So she's hitting her fourth before Lexi's in her second or her third. And Leona... I mean, the perfect chip goes in. I'm fist pumping. I- I'm living with the in-laws right now. I'm fist pumping, screaming in the family room. I-, I have a ton of money on the line. They're like, what is going on? How is golf on? Uh, yeah. You're betting on the on women golfers. Like, I mean, this is a big deal. It's the Solheim Cup. Yes. Um, and then Lexi shanks the chip. I'm going even more crazy. Electric. Um, so thankfully, we... We made a little money. We we at least broke even there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was sort of brutal um, pace wise, at least. I mean, it, they play. It was really slow. I know the Ryder Cup's probably just as slow, but with only four matches, like it seemed like those matches went on for six hours. Um, the the play actual play was good. 
at times. Um, but it wasn't the most exciting watch on Friday, at least Sunday. It, it's different. It's singles. You got everyone out there. That was great. Um, so yeah, I mean, great finish. I, I wasn't watching. I was in AC, but, um, I mean, first we got to talk about the Lexi press conference on, on Friday, because that was, that was kind of brutal. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. I never get a phone call. What's going on? Electric stuff. <laughs> oh, actually, wow, that was funny. Sorry to interrupt, but um, uh, and we'll get to the Lexi press conference. I signed. I tried to get Julia into a um, a rec beginners golf class. She's never swung a club or anything, but and we were on the waiting list because I guess it's pretty popular because golf's so hot right now. She's off the wait list. We were into the wow. He's in. So, there you so, go. three forty-five. I got to take her now. Um, there you go. But, uh, so growing the game. Grow the game exactly. Grow some her. people say some people say shrink the game these days. So good on you to uh, <laughs> yeah go the other way. Well, I mean, speaking of growing the game, yes, Solheim Cup. Um, I'd like to say that that played a role in this. Did not. Julia did not <laughs> want one second of, of the Solheim Cup. In fact, I was streaming the end from the. Uh, children's museum in norwalk um spotty in there spotty wi-fi but got the job done and i was i was kind of watching but steve i know you just you wanted to switch topics to that presser and by the way it makes oh, a lot fuck. more i saw that you had jumped on a lexi shank post and right it was on. it was like friday afternoon um b you know, when people aren't really paying attention, but you were all over it. Now oh, I get why. You yeah. a a were watching because you bet on it, and b you bet against Lexi. We, we were locked in for sure. <laughs> it, it makes it now. You did in your post. You did throw her a bow, and you said because I didn't even see it. I just saw the shank. You said she hit a brilliant like follow up shot. Oh, the fourth was, shot was great. Was, I mean, hit it to two feet. Yeah. yeah, and it was a tough lie. We'll, we'll give her uh, the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Which, which is fine, which is, again, that, that just leads to the next thing about the press conference. So, again, we want to stay positive. It was a great event, everything else. This one press conference back and forth was so insane. Now, okay, you want to criticize the reporter for saying, can you talk about this? Okay, ooh, okay. You know, you want to get into the weeds of journalism. The point <laughs> is, he tiptoed around and was as nice as he could about Lexi choking like a dog on the final hole i mean she hit a shake and again she played great the whole week which kudos to her you know and that's what the, the men will be looking for from justin thomas because she's been in slump he showed confidence in her whatever she hit a shake on the 18th hole it's the number one thing that happened that day the u.s was running away with the tournament she gets asked about it and she's like i'm not going to talk about that and then she does kind of talk about it by mentioning the bad lie if you're not going to talk about the most important part of the day don't even bother going to the press conference like i, yeah. I don't understand why she was even there and then you hear stacy lewis the captain in the background saying that's a terrible question <laughs> we can't ask the athletes anymore about the Clown most question bro part. yeah the most important part of a game or a i'm like cp i don't know if it, it enraged me yes um, i'd say I, I didn't watch a second julia and i had that in common not because i didn't want to not because i wouldn't have my, my millionth bachelor party of the year in Canada. We were watching football on Saturday at a bar. Actually, this bar was like a 
the world rugby championship was on. So like the entire bar is watching the world rugby championship. And then our little bachelor party was watching uh, Colorado, Oregon. So it was quite the, quite the culture difference, but yeah, I couldn't get the Solheim cup on obviously. So I did feel a little bad, just kind of parachuting in tweeting about the Lexi thing. Um, probably the only thing I saw all week, but yeah, you kind of nailed it. Myers. Like these are the moments where, you almost want this controversy as an LPGA fan, as someone advocating for the women's game that brings the eyeballs. It, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Angel Reese thing that like everyone parachuted in on and had a comment on. And people were like, you, you never even watched women's basketball. You can't. It's like, don't you want the extra eyeballs? You want people who would never comment on it, right. commenting on it like this. These are good things if everything's just roses and and buttercups all the time like people are not going to watch this we we just spent an entire two years dissecting every quote about live and the pga tour and controversy and it's been huge for golf and full swing and netflix and the women get like this one controversial moment and they're like no you this is not how we should be covering the sport it's just like well then then what are we doing this is how we cover the men's sport don't you want us to cover it equally that's what i never understand about it i'll stop i'll stop there before i say something stupider but uh... you're right because you know if justin thomas does that this week everyone you know just rips him and we ask him about it and he's gonna sit there and answer the question he might not be happy that he has to answer the question right he's gonna sit there and answer the question you're right so lexi has to do that um and yeah, I mean, you're right, Meyer. She did talk about it a little bit, but you know, be upfront about it. And it's tough for her. She's obviously dealt with yips. That's that was broken down on Twitter later that day. Like you can see her dip in her shoulder, and it's right. tough to watch. She struggled a lot this year. But if she just took it and answered the question, like, "Hey, I know I I kind of choked there, but I played great the entire day, and there's a lot of golf left." I'm really looking forward to making it back to my teammates. We praise her. That's all you got to do. It ain't that hard. And the other, the other factor at play here was she's had these, these little moments with the media before. Um, And I don't know, it's just kind of a common theme with her a little bit of a phenom who, you know, at her low points, doesn't really want to answer the questions about the low points. So um, people like to pounce, but but, you know, when you keep doing it over and over, people are going going to pounce. Right. And and at her, and as some people pointed out correctly as well, at her high points, she wants all the attention. Yep. She, uh, so you can't really have it both ways. And again, it's it's not even like it'd be one thing if she went 0-2 that day. The US was winning. She played great, other than the one shank. Yep. She split the matches. So, you know, and she bounces back, by the way, and wins. She won. I mean, in the anchor spot, she did her job. She won. So, like, I just don't get why it was such a big deal for her to, like, answer a simple question about it. I mean, you know. if yeah, Like you guys said, if it happened in the Ryder Cup, the guy would sit down and a reporter would be like, so, the shank. Let's talk. Right. Like, right. First thing. The first thing I can remember when you say that is Hunter Mahan in 2010, oh. the chip shot, which ended up losing the Ryder Cup. And the guy was crying at the press conference. But you know what? That's the only thing you remember about that Ryder Cup. It was a great moment. And like he, he, 
you know, you could feel how much he wanted to win and how much, how badly he felt for letting down his team, whatever that that's part of it. This is all part of it. We can't, like you said, it's, it's can't all be, you know, the unicorns and rainbows or whatever and all the fun stuff. I mean, we got to talk about when things go wrong. So that was stunning to me. That was a bad look for team USA. Um, other than that, they played great. Lexi played great. Like I said, um, Nelly played well. I know she did not get the job done on Sunday, but again, she was running into a hot player in Carlotta Saganda. Uh, by the way, you see the um, King Felipe the sixth was there. He's six foot six. He's the king of Spain. He's almost as tall as Pau Gasol, who was who was <laughs> in the crowd as well. Um, and and Carlotta was getting hugs from both of them. So. What a moment for her and her home country and everything else. You know, there were who what was that announcer made the joke about the, the writer's strike? It was like the writers were off strike then and, and coming up with this script because it was pretty amazing. Um, by the way, have you guys ever even heard of the band Harvey Danger? I haven't no. heard of that or or King Philippe. So okay. <laughs> I've never heard of either. And I, I I mean I knew Spain had a had a monarchy of some sort, but anyway. Every time I hear Carlotta, you got to listen to the, the, the great song, Carlotta Valdez by Harvey Danger. I, I was, had me going through the whole album yesterday. Incredible album. I don't know what happened to them after that. They were like a one-hit wonder flagpole sitter <laughs> with a big song. You would know it. 90s rock forever. Anyway, um, next question. <laughs> I knew you guys, you guys were too young to know Harvey Danger. <laughs> I do know flagpole, uh, flagpole sitter. sitter. That's, that's a popular that's song. Yeah, yeah, great song. Great yeah. song. Um, okay, retaining the cup versus winning. To me, this is just crazy. Um, and, and I'm also someone who hates it when there's such a close competition and someone has to lose. I hate that. But in this way, no one's losing, but yet then you are declaring a loser. It makes it even worse. Um, to me, too, it's like it's a two-year from since the so because Europe won two years ago with the mostly different team i mean a lot of the same characters but you know what i mean there's a lot of turnover there they get credit for that why does this team get credit for that that'd be like if the super bowl ended in a tie <laughs> you said oh which conference won the super bowl last year oh the afc won oh then the afc winner gets it it's the dumbest thing ever so i don't know about you that's that's how i feel um this this is normally a very european thing that i would hate you know they do like the aggregate thing in in soccer yeah. and yes yes and ties in soccer it's mostly all soccer things i'm thinking of which i hate but i i kind of someone had this take i'm stealing it i think brian kirsten replied to it so we can go find it and give the guy credit but i do like the aspect of having to take it like it has capture the flag energy i played a lot of capture the flag as a kid, you can get to the other team's side and have the flag, but you got to get back to your side. It, I, I kind of like that that vibe of it. Um, and I don't know if I, the, I don't know if I love the Super Bowl comparison. Such different sports. I, I do understand what you're saying, Myers. We all hate ties. We all want a resolution. But I think you know this is a very you know this event has tradition. That is one of the traditions, and I do actually like the aspect of you have to take it to actually. Um, have it yet still every year i open up DraftKings president's cup or Ryder cup and see the to lift the trophy bet and it breaks my brain every time i i it, i have to like wait what does that mean again so um, but i do like i i kind of do like it believe it or not yeah I'm i guess you. i would 
All right. I'm sorry. Let me just, I, I'll let you go, Steven. Sorry, but I guess I would get it more if it was every year. It just, yeah. to me, two years seems so far removed with such potential, you know, such different circumstances. Also, it's not like these people are on these teams, uh, you know, throughout. I mean, I guess you could say the U.S. plays the President's Cup, but Europe is not playing anything like that. Um, and so to me, it's like, even this whole week, the buildup seems a little crazy because it's not like you're practicing all year to win the Ryder Cup. You're practicing to win your like individual events. So to me, then all of a sudden you're going to like make it as this continuum thing when it's really like, okay, every two years they play for three days. To me, it's like, I don't know. But I get, I get your point as well. I mean, Sorry. it's it's unsatisfying as a as a fan, certainly, because, you know, you're a lot of people are committing to watching this, the patriotic nature of it. But I mean, CP's right. Like this is an advantage of winning at the, the prior cup. Um, you know, you have to come take it from us. So these are the rules. And I don't, I know people don't like following the rules these days, but <laughs> rule, rules are rules. So come get the cup. rules is rules. Wow. I can't believe you guys both. like. I don't, I don't care too much, but like, this yeah. is the rules. So just follow them. I don't know. It's not that. <laughs> Tuck your shirt in. That's it. Hat um, off inside. Wear, wear a belt. Hat off inside. I'm all, I'm all about take sure the cup. Yeah. <laughs> take it back. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's talk a little Ryder cup. Uh, we're going to get into our chat with Jim Gallagher Jr. in a bit. Uh, but just in general, guys, uh, you know, it's going to be a long few days, obviously, until we get to Friday. Uh, the three-day event is going to be – we're going to be so sick of hearing about everything else. Um, is there anything that you've heard or seen that – as I mean, CP, you were saying before, you're, you're, you're back into the Ryder Cup. What, what's – What's kind of gotten your juices flowing that you've seen so far? I think it's it's definitely the week starting. It's having the live from crew on. It's like, all right, I, I know this is a big deal. I've, I know I've had some takes in recent weeks calling it an exhibition and all that, which it is. Um, but, uh, and yeah, a couple of friends. You've been in my ear about it, Myers. A couple other Nagels has been in my ear. Make some good points. But when the week starts, also I'm all in on the U.S., so I'm getting all jacked up for that picking a side and, and kind of leaning all the way into that shtick on social media. So I am getting a little jacked up, but you know, again, it is Tuesday and the tweets and and the stories, it, it can all get pretty unbearable pretty quickly by like Wednesday afternoon. And then we still normally on a major week, it's like, all right, at least Thursday is getting closer. Now we got a, now we got that Thursday of more like, Oh, Rory's not wearing a hat again. Oh my God. It's just like, Oh my God. I think this is a very like inside <laughs> baseball thing. It, though, is. Like, it is like actual golf fans. who just like, they're just pumped. It's Ryder Cup. Week. That stay off Twitter. Like that's an awesome world. I would love to live in and just it's Ryder Cup week and you're just watching the content on TV. That's a really cool world that would be fun to live That's in. Most people, by the way. But we don't, uh, yeah, probably like most probably people. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of people on the internet, Steve. Take a look at the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift situation over this weekend for evidence of that. So, um, but yes, I agree. The majority of dads, old heads are uh, just consuming it via their television and probably enjoying it a lot more than, than we do over these next few days. 
yeah, our feeds are saturated with golf content. I think like all of our friends are seeing regular shit on their feeds this week, in addition to the Ryder Cup stuff. So we get tired of it quicker than they do. Um, This is going to be like a historically good Ryder Cup, I think. And Team Europe is so good at the top. Um, You know, you could find the weaknesses on the American side at the top, starting with Scotty Scheffler. He's calling in a European putting coach. Unreal. It started, it sounded like they started working back in Texas a few weeks ago, but I mean, there, you know, Scotty lands and like the first thing people find him doing on the course is grinding on the putting green with Phil Kenyon. And I mean, we talked about the rumor that, uh, you know, Scotty saw someone else at Augusta, um, and overheard a, a putting lesson and that has got into his head and, the numbers speak for themselves. So I think there's a lot of question marks on the U.S. side. Obviously, JT, uh, Speep just had a baby. Has he been practicing? And the Europeans, most of them were over at the BMW competing. Most of the U.S. team has not competed in over a month. I think that's a huge thing to, to think about. So I respect CP for being patriotic. Um, I am on Team Europe. Um, this Ooh. is one of the first times I'll be rooting for Team Europe in a Ryder Cup. I've always been ride or die us but i think it's tough to ignore um the weaknesses coming in on the american side for me yeah no i'm with you steve i know we had talked we we were trying to get him a long time ago i think we both got him at plus 190 i mean yeah originally we're on a plus 150 which at least isn't terrible right a little better 115 now yeah exactly it keeps it keeps creeping down um because like you said the, the europeans have more guys in good form their top guys are firing on more cylinders. I think it's the first, I think we've talked about it, it's the first time where it seems like their stars are actually, they match up in terms of star power at the top, which is kind of crazy because, you know, for so many years it was Tiger and Phil yeah. and there was like this huge gap. Not that that ma- mattered. I mean, the Europe, Europeans still won. But yeah, the thing that scares me is I'm this is, has, this is definitely the first time I've ever bet on Europe and I've ever, probably that I've ever picked Europe. And so, uh, they're probably going to lose uh, now that uh, <laughs> in betting them. But I do, I do really like Europe this week. Um, you know, Luke Cardenine for us did a great thing breaking down. You know, we've always heard about the home course advantages and how the home captain can kind of set the course of how he likes. But this video on Golf Digest and the subsequent stories really gets into the details of how they have done this. Uh, one crazy thing in France was moving the gallery ropes further away. So actually making like a worse fan experience, but it made it so that the U S couldn't find trampled down areas of the rough with wild tee shots based on advanced analytics. So really cool stuff there. So Europe has that in their favor. As we talked to with Jim Gallagher jr. He thinks it's a one to two point bump just from, you know, with the crowd alone and, and the adrenaline that you feel being playing in front of the home crowd. So um, yeah, I give Europe the the edge, um, but we didn't ask Jim. We should have. European fans are supposed to be all proper and not. I was going to ask him about that. Yes. <laughs> I know I had that written down. Not boisterous like the American fans. Right? Is that actually true? Right? No. Is that actually true? And also, and I was going to say, I mean, I guess that was thirty years ago, so maybe things have changed because obviously we've we've always heard that Brookline is where it went to a whole nother level with the fans. I mean, obviously. Ocean Course Kios where it went to a whole nother level with kind of like the rivalry and the bad blood between the teams or whatever. But in terms of like the fans, it was 99. 
and then you know the the whole did the u.s celebrate too early and everything else and they were acting poorly and then in val at valhalla in 2008 azinger supposedly get telling the crowd to like get on the on the euros and like really, yeah. really leaning into it so jim again so it's gotten a little different in recent years but it would have been interesting to, to hear that uh yeah because we always hear about how proper they are but regardless and it, steve though i will say the one thing though and we we didn't ask him too and i'll ask you about the course it is a little different with it being in italy for the first time although Look at what happened to Solheim Cup being played in Spain. It looked like they had pretty boisterous crowds. But there is a little bit, I think, of a worry from the European side that maybe you get not the same crazed, you know, Euro golf fans. You're getting more like travelers, people who just want to go to Italy and sightsee and come. And, you know, every every American in my life has been to Italy in the last year. So I would imagine plenty of Americans are are going to be over there uh, for this right. one. So. You exactly. haven't been to Italy, CP? Wow. Never have. Everyone else I know in my life has. I have not. Someday. No, you're right. Um, I feel like, I don't know, like Rome is such a huge city and it's easy to get to from everywhere in Europe. Like they're going to get the crowds. You know, I, I see your point, Myers, because it, it would be an amazing trip to go to Rome and turn it into a golf trip. Uh, Rome is a goat. By, by the way, CP. Actually, Florence is the go. Uh, oh, that's another podcast. Um, but yeah. Stevie Italy said. Yeah, I love it. That's right. It's awesome. So, um, no, I mean, I, I think the course actually, you, you talked about our video, Myers, which was great, but I think a little too much is being looked into that this year because this is a pretty big ballpark on the back nine. Like, you're going to have to hit a back lot nine. of drive. Yeah, you're gonna have to hit a lot of drivers and you can be wayward. Um, so it's not really like like golf national where like, you know, you can't hit into the rough at all. I, I think uh, well, we saw the rough. It's gonna be thick, but I think you're gonna have to be a really good driver of the golf ball um, coming down the stretch of these matches. So I think it'll be a, a pretty um, big difference from like golf national. So, I mean, I get Gallagher's point that it's like a two point difference. I don't think it's that much. I think it's more like a one point difference. Maybe that turns a match or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to putting. Our our guy JB kind of likened this course to a combination of Liberty National and Valhalla, which is going to make any architecture guru just cringe and want to go to sleep. Um, so pray for all the the hardos on on golf Twitter. Um, but you know you have like the countryside of of Rome and the the skyline of of Rome in the background. It's going to be really cool. I mean, people yeah. have to get over it. Yeah, no, I agree. If Scotty Scheffler puts well and the U.S. wins, will Phil Kenyon be let back into the U.K.? <laughs> I mean, he'll be like that is crazy. I, I mean, I know he's obviously worked with with tour guys before, but like the week of the Ryder Cup, that's. Like Belichick helping out the Jets or something. Right, exactly. I mean, that is that's wild stuff. Um, okay, let's get into our talk. We'll, we'll make some predictions in a second, but let's get into our chat with Jim Gallagher Jr. Again, he was a member of the uh, victorious, the last road winning team for the U.S. way back in 1993 at the Belfry. Um, and he played a pretty crucial role, as we talk about as well. So please have a listen to our chat with Jim Gallagher Jr. 
All right, we are excited to welcome five-time PGA Tour winner, former Ryder Cupper, and current NBC Sports analyst Jim Gallagher Jr. to the podcast. Jim, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great. I'm heading to Rome this afternoon, so I can't get much better than that and going to the Ryder Cup. You know, if you can't get fired up for that week, uh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, of course, and and like, you know, you have come at it from a different perspective, obviously having played in it, having covered it. Um, i got to ask you first about, you told a great story uh, recently on a conference call about that 93 Ryder Cup and yeah. coming home and seeing your two-year-old daughter wearing a shirt that says, my daddy beat Seve. And of course, referring to your singles match against Seve Ballesteros at the Belfry. When you look back on that 93 Ryder Cup, what what stands out about that? And, and how special is that to have a moment that you can kind of hang your hat on that you can always say you beat Seve at a Ryder Cup? The whole week. Uh, yeah. From the time we went and met the president in the Rose Garden, a lot of people don't know this either. Uh, president Clinton was in uh, the office and we actually got to sit in the Oval Office and sit in his chair. That doesn't wow. happen, obviously, today. We didn't wow. push any buttons. Everything was cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, we saw one file said for president size only. I kept my guys from going in there and checking it out. But, uh, you know, we started there. We flew over on the Concord and and as we landed and we get there, there's all these people. It's like being a celebrity or a rock star. And I had never experienced anything like that. I just, I grew up in Indiana and then now living in Mississippi at the time. And you see all these people and I'm going like, this is big. I mean, I knew it was big. Right. Uh, and then you get over to the hotel, you kind of get practice rounds and everything's the same. Uh, but it's opening ceremonies when it kind of really hits you. They play the national anthem, the chills, you represent your country. I would say for my team, and I think over half of them are in the World Golf Hall of Fame. But they put me that week as an equal. Uh, you know, the Raymond Floyds, the Lanny Watkins, the Tom Kites, I mean, Payne Stewart, all these guys, Paul Azinger. I mean, my whole team, you know, we had a great mix of older guys that were the veterans, mm -hmm. the guys that have played a few, and then the rookies, which was Davis, Lee Jansen, uh, and myself, and John Cook. I mean, these guys had already won on the tour. Jansen was the U.S. Open champ. So I, I just think that whole kind of that, that feeling, we have Tom Watson. Uh, and so much respect for him. And he made it such a fun week. Uh, but I just remember I wasn't going to play in the morning. And, and he just said, you guys who aren't playing in the morning, you know, prepare the way you would prepare for a regular event. Oh, here We don't know who's maybe playing in the afternoon, but just be prepared. And when we got the nod that uh, Lee Jansen and I were going out, two rookies going out and playing uh, Baker and Woosnam, I just like, this is cool. I, I guess everything was normal until I got to the first tee. Right. And, I guess everything kind of blacks out, but you're, you're trying to get the ball on the tee and you're nervous. And it's a, it's a different type of nervous that I've ever, ex, you know, experienced. And I actually played pretty good that day. We got beat on the last hole and I was kind of down. I was thinking, dang, we really played better than that. You know, we lost, of course you didn't want to do that. And uh, got the nod to play the next day with Corey Pavin in four ball. And we both played great. He, he'll tell you, he was the one that held the team up, but I actually made <laughs> two or three birdies that night. Uh, I actually pushed him away on nine said, I'm putting, this birdie first, so I can at least have one of the card. Nice. Uh, he hold it from the fairway. I think we shot five, six, seven under the front nine and, and then beat uh, Rokin James five and four. But, you know, to get to the Seve story, and I've been long winded on that, but get to the Seve story. I was originally supposed to play uh, Sam Torrance in the singles, but the night before Sam had, wasn't sure if he's going to be able to play. And, and each captain puts a name in the envelope. Right. As, as most people know, and you guys know because you follow it. And Lanny Watkins volunteered. I thought my name was going in or one of the rookies or something, yeah. but nobody knew. 
and 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 Tom said, you know, Lanny put his name in the in an envelope, and I went like, Lanny Watkins. I mean, he's you know one of our stars, yeah, uh, veterans. Uh, and it turned out the next morning we go to the church service sitting on uh, on 18 Green where Sissy and I are sitting with the kites, and I go, man, I'm ready to play. I want to play Sevy. I really do. I want to play him. All of a sudden, a little man on the ladder walks across, puts my name up against Sevy, and of course, Lanny goes back with Sam. They get to have him, and Tom looks over at me and goes, well, you got what you prayed for, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might have wanted to be a little more specific on that, right. but I, I didn't really have time to be nervous, I, I guess, like sleeping on it. Right. Oh, I was nervous, but yeah. I, I, I relished the, uh, the chance. I mean, this is obviously Europe's heart and soul. Yeah. Nobody expects me to win. Me, I do. My wife, my mom and dad, my aunt and uncle, and a few friends were over there, my teammates. Uh, and I just remember, I guess, when I saw uh, Butch Harmon walking off the tee, I think he was working with Freddie, and he goes, you can do this, Junior. You can do this, Jimmy. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can. And, and the funniest part is Maria Floyd, Raymond's wife, came up to me and she goes, she grabbed me by the shirt. She goes, Jim Gallagher, I bet money on you to beat Sevy. Don't let me down. So I was more nervous to let Maria down than, than just to lose to Sevy, you know, and I hit a good tee shot, got off to a great start. And, and I remember walking at the turn, I'm up, to, I think two or three and the crowd's going Sevy, Sevy. And I'm kind of doing like the defensive back, you know, over there to bring it, bring it, you know, yeah, I was yeah. losing my mind, but I was just so caught up in the moment. Uh, and then to beat him, and he was such a gentleman. Uh, okay. and a lot of people talked, you know, does he pull stuff? He never did that. Okay, I was going to ask him. Yeah, yeah, he was such a gentleman, I, and he was still playing well. He kept getting it up and down. I've only beat him three and two, but yeah. I said, God, this guy won't go away. Right. Uh, and that's just was, was who he was. And and I just remember that feeling. It's like, man, I just did this on the biggest stage in front of all these people. Why would I ever doubt my abilities? Right. And I, I would say the confidence I gained from that helped me win the tour championship later that fall. No question yeah. about it. Uh, I wouldn't have probably been able to do that because I believed in myself, which everybody struggles with that, I guess a little bit, but it's an experience, like I said, of a lifetime uh, mm -hmm. to go over with those guys. And just each night we would talk about, you know, what we felt and, and going around the room. And I remember my wife saying, Hey, we got Tom Watson. We're over here. They love him over here. It's, it's, it's already here. Our, the yeah. name is on the trophy. You know, it's already written. Uh, and we made a great comeback at the end. And I, I did realize till I watched it again that we were pretty far behind, not far behind, but we were behind late in the day. Mm -hmm. And then Chip Beck wins, I win. And within five or 10 minutes, Davis wins to retain it. And then Ray, uh, Raymond Floyd uh, makes the putt to win it. And that all happened in about a 20, 30 minute period. Right. So we were running it around trying to figure it out. And, you know, TV doesn't always show it because sometimes you're limited on cameras and, and all those things. But uh, all that stuff happened so fast. And then it's like reality hit. They handed me the champagne bottle and I didn't know how to open it up. So I handed it to Payne <laughs> and uh, Payne and Cookie opened it up. Of course, Payne knew what to do with it. And uh, <laughs> he showered everybody with it. So it was, it was really cool. That's awesome. That's great. Um, and, you know, we'll get to the Ryder Cup, but you also had a, a pretty memorable President's Cup, uh, the first President's mm -hmm. Cup in 94. And um, you partnered with Davis Love and you guys throttled uh, Robert <laughs> Allenby. And Frank Novello, seven and five. Do you ever give Novello some shit? About every every time <laughs> I work with Novello, it comes up. <laughs> and, I, and I remember working my first Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles. You know, first time I've been at a Ryder Cup since '93, and that was what five, six, seven years ago. And so I held up a little sign, seven and five. 
on the air just to get back at him. And I love Frank. Frank's one of my dear friends. And he always says Davis held the team up and did all that stuff. But we have a good time with that. We do it during coverage a lot of times. Even I think Colt brought it up one day uh, at Zurich, which is the team event. Gallagher, didn't you throb old? you know, Dabolo, and I say, oh, yeah, we got the best of it, you know, yeah. but it is fun to to, to go back and, and think the President's Cup, I, I think just the Ryder Cup experience, I still had the adrenaline going because I had a decent year in 94, but mm-hmm. not like I had 93 and 95, but it's just something about representing my country and experience in that. Uh, and I'd never played foursomes and, and Davis and I were a great team. We were, mm-hmm. you know, both fairly long. I, I think I remember this right. I always say it is it makes for a better story that, you know, all the who's going to tee off on the odds, who's going to tee off. And right. we kind of had an idea. And I think at the last minute walking over, so I want to tee off on one. I'm t- you know, I got to hit off of one. And I think wow. we may have switched it around because I felt like also at like the ninth hole, if he teed off, I could still get to the green of two par five at RTR or Robert Trent Jones. So I think, uh, you know, we just played great that week. We got throbbed. You know, throttled, just smashed to death with uh, John Houston and I with uh, McNulty and uh, Fulty. They beat the tar out of us the second mm. day. But that's just, you know, it happens. You know, they shot really well. and, and uh, But it was so cool. Uh, it was different. And I, I think the President's Cup's coming along. It's just so much different than the Ryder Cup because of the history. Right. And that's just that it, it's amazing to see. And we're talking now 30 years ago right. uh, that my team won over there. And it's just hard to believe that's possible. Uh, but I think it becomes mental a lot of times for these teams that have come up behind the question. It'll be up again. Yeah. No, it's 30 years. What do y'all got to do differently? Right. Uh, I think this team, these teams of the U S the last couple uh, team matches, I think they gel better together. They're, they're guys that played a lot of junior golf together. It's not forced chemistry. Uh, you can call it what you want. You know, when you look at the picks and all that, that that's already there. Uh, there's not a, disconnect i think everybody's you know in it and they understand it uh and, and everybody wants to win they don't have to say anything to you to fire you up i do mm-hmm. remember this we were about to land on the concord and tom watson stood up he said he's he's, he's sitting there he said gentlemen they may have invented the game over here but we perfected it and i was mm-hmm. ready to parachute off the plane oh, the- and go <laughs> so i mean you know that's just one of those things i, I just that little saying and that confidence, Tom Watson, who I totally respected. Right. And I always remember we're on 18, a practice round, and he walks up and said, hey, we want to make sure you guys know you're lying to sight here because we lost this cup over here the last time because we didn't know how to play 18. You guys know how to play it. And by the way, do you all need anything? I said, I really could use some crackers. So I told Tom Watson to go get me some crackers, so to speak. Uh, but it, it, it's you know there was only – he and a buddy of his who was a club pro that were – uh, you know, the captain, vice captain, it was just so much different than it is now. Right, right. You said you mentioned it's a good segue, 30 years since. I know we all want the U.S. to get it done, but there's kind of like a 72 Miami Dolphins thing at, at yeah. play here with you guys. I know you're probably not celebrating when they lose, but is there like a group chat or email chain popping champagne like, hey, Still, nobody has done it since we've done it. That's a great question. My wife and I were just talking about it. You know, who, you know, it's like, and it is now that I'm being an analyst, I can't right. like, like even watching the Solheim Cup, which we just finished, I can't pull for one team or the other. Right. I believe red, white, and blue as much as anybody else, but I have to stay neutral. But right. there is something, I mean, it's kind of selfish, I guess, is you're like, hey, we, we, we still got the streak going, but you want it to end. I think it's better if it does. I mean, I mean, I, I, I can't say I'm cheering for the USA because I'll yeah. catch flack from either side, but of course I am. I mean, that's just, 
I mean, it's like when Tennessee, where I went to school, plays my wife's team at LSU, and I like both teams. I'm going to pick for the Orange. It's just what we're going to do. <laughs> you, you mentioned Tom Watson, and obviously what a thrill was, and you know, playing for him. He obviously took heat in 2014. What, yeah. what did you think about that whole thing? And like you said, I think you said that was your first Ryder Cup um, as an analyst. What, what what were you feeling when that all went down? Because he kind of got thrown under the bus and, and you know from experience, you thought very highly of him as a captain. So how did you kind of match that up? When you lose, you always have to blame somebody. Right. I think that I think that was part of it. I, I think there was a couple guys in there that just, you know, I don't know, maybe Tom was not as connected to the players. Yeah. Uh, and, and but the one that really disappoints me in the whole process is how has David Tom's not been a captain on the mm. Ryder Cup? That makes sense. I mean, yeah. seriously. Uh, I, he should have been the captain probably that year. And right. I, David's a dear friend. And I'm not just saying because he's one of my dear friends, but he should have been a captain that year. And I think he was probably in line to be a captain. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that for sure, but, you know, maybe there was, maybe it was so far between Tom and these guys really didn't understand. And his, you know, but I did remember hearing guys saying when Raymond Floyd, who was one of his vice captains in, in Andy North guys, the young guys were listening. They were taking yeah. notes from it. Uh, but there's always things we go back and, and look at it and say, hell yeah, he he's the reason to blame. But still, ultimately, it comes down to the players hitting the shots. They got beat. Right. They got beat in 2014. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, that was, unfortunately, I hated to watch that press conference. Uh, and, and that was my first week of doing live from. Honestly, no, a lot of people don't know this. I never saw a shot. We didn't have the golf <laughs> channel or anything on at the hotel. So well, I had to listen to XM radio and listen to it and take notes and then come back the next day and do highlights. I hadn't even got the job with the golf channel. So I'm sitting there going like, God, it's like this, this is That's a lot harder to play. And this ain't right. You know, and, 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 and you could stay at the course, but then you don't sleep. Like Frank Nabilo worked every, he worked morning, afternoons. Oh, he, I, re I remember it was like two hours each way to get to yeah, how he's, he never slept. Yeah. He, you know, and I, and I love Frank, but he, that, that was really weird to see all that, but I did go out, I guess, on Sunday. I never saw a shot live, but I got out there Sunday, did a hit for live from, and watched him warm up. And I remember Tom walking by me, and he was like in another world. Like, he didn't yeah. even recognize me. Not that he was focused. He looked, I don't know, something had happened. It okay. just wasn't the same. He's never done that to me. So I, I wondered, like, ooh, Europeans look pretty loose here going into right. singles. Uh, and they all would come up to talk to me. Right. Uh, you know, I'm just sitting there in my, you know, tie and coat and sitting there going like, okay, I'm an announcer. I'm an analyst, but they're going to talk to me. Hey, I'm with the media. You can talk to yeah, me. Yeah. But they did. They came up and, and Graham McDowell and all those guys came up and said hello and just were really loose. And I, loose. I think, yeah. I think they played looser back then yeah. than maybe now, maybe it's the 30 years. These guys have, you know, when you think about all the years, Hey, that's a lot of pressure. I think the pressure's on them again this year because people are going to keep asking. It's been 30 years. Right. Before I forget, how how did you not make the Ryder Cup team in 1995? Good question. With the two-win season. No, I, I really genuinely don't know because I was just looking at it and I was like, you, you won twice again in 95. My best year ever. And then there you go. And then sec second to that, obviously, you have guys this year like Keegan and, uh, you know, uh, Maronk on the other side who get, who yeah. get snubbed. You were in that position. So, A, how did that happen? And B, what was that like going having to go through that? Throw Lee Jansen in there. He'd won the players. That's He'd incredible. Twice. That's incredible. Uh, I, I, I was I was right on the bubble of making it point-wise. Right. And I remember I didn't play uh, the Buick, which I've never made the cut. 
I went to the Brickyard 400 to watch racing, but I played golf every day just mm-hmm. to get ready for the PGA, which was at Riviera, one of my favorite courses. And I never really got a, I mean, I, you know, Lanny was a captain. I never, it's not like it was now where they're talking and all that stuff. I never right. heard anything. Right. I assumed by not hearing anything, I was going to have to play my way in. I thought I'd played well enough to merit at least a look. Uh, Lee would have too. If you were only going to get down to the one look, you know, probably Lee over me because he's one of U.S. Opens. He's one of the players. But both of us were part of that. Right. I, I can't answer that. You'd have to ask, you know, who was in charge. It was a shocker. I was as disappointed there as I've been a lot of times in my career because I really wanted to play again. Did I you knew get a call? It, Did no, you get nothing. nothing? I watched. I saw Lanny. I believe later on Sunday, and I said, "Well, I take it I'm not going to be on the team. I wish y'all the best." That's all I got, and that's not. I don't know why. I don't. There was yeah. a disc, it, but it's not like now we didn't have cell phones like we're doing now. Right, right, and, right, right, right. It was tough, and that may have changed. But that was, yeah, disappointing when people ask you, you know, were there some disappointments in your career? Yeah, I felt like I should have won more than I did, but that was a downer. Yeah, uh, and I really didn't play good after that. My family was starting to grow, and I just kind of got, you know, some lost some confidence, but. I was honestly playing as good in 95 as I was in 93, maybe yeah. better. Wow. Uh, when you go right. back and look at my stats, my finishes, I, when you look at it out, you look at the team now, I had two wins. How does yeah, two wins. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Crazy. But that's it's changed a lot. And, you know, maybe there's more there's more picks now that makes it tougher. That's a, it's a tough thing when you get to picking people. You, sure. you, you always, as a player, got to feel like, hey, I got to earn my way on. I've always kind of embraced the underdog. Uh, role uh, in my career was I sad and disappointed sure I was that I did make it in 95 I was still pulling for him but I was disappointed because I wanted to I never played at home I knew I'd come off like you said a good president's cup it wasn't like I was you know not in great form but that was a very disappointing one for me a lot of the chatter today is about Bryson winning in Chicago on live and um, him saying he didn't get a call from ZJ just curious your thoughts whether he should have been in the mix I mean DJ wasn't asked to come on either. He went five and zero last Ryder Cup. So, uh, what do you think about Bryce? I I think for DJ, if he'd have been playing maybe a little bit better, I don't think there'd be any question. They would have probably right. definitely looked at him as a pick. I don't know about Bryson. I don't know the insides of all that stuff. Yeah, he's won. He's played great. Uh, I think they have plans, but I, I think if you would have looked at, it, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind. Kepka was. I mean, how could yes. you not pick him? Right. right. Uh, and then you know you look at. Some guys that maybe weren't in the greatest. I look at Lucas Glover. Look how he, how good was he yeah. playing? Mm-hmm. So what do you look at? Do you look experienced? Do you go at form? Right. Uh, to me, got to kind of go at form. Yeah. All these guys know how to play. It's not like they just walked out of college unless you're Ludwig Aberg and you <laughs> right. were carrying your bag four months ago. <laughs> and now you're on the Ryder Cup team. You never even played a major. So, right. uh, but yeah, it, it, it's disappointing for guys who don't make it. There's no question. Keegan Bradley, he, he played well enough to be looked yeah. at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, I guess they look at other things. So much of the analytics, and we talked about it in the Solheim Cup. Stacey Lewis used analytics to her advantage. She got her team to play into why so-and-so was playing with so-and-so. Mm. Suzanne Pedersen, on the other hand, went with her gut. Uh, so there's two different ways of looking at it. I think analytics are great. That's how these young players do things. It makes probably putting these guys together and gals together, but you've got to execute it in the yeah. long run. And I think that gets into, I think I'm sure they look at analytics. They look at, past they look at who's going to gel uh i think it's a big part of it because being in the team room and being all one because europe's like that uh for the most part they're always like that if they're not like that's when things i think even at uh hazel team they were at a little disadvantage americans were just strong mm-hmm. uh, right. and they didn't i mean i didn't give them a chance uh they fought hard 
but it was just too much of a setup for him there uh, for the Americans to conquer. I think if you'd have looked at this eight months ago, I said Americans are going to, you know, coming off the President's Cup, coming off these great years, they were so strong, but Europe's gotten better. Their guys mm-hmm. are better. And I thought, like you said, for Moronk, I am totally disappointed. Yeah. I'm ticked. Not only did he win, he finished second one year there on the golf course. On the same golf course. Yeah. It's not like he's playing bad. So, I mean, yeah. I felt for him because I did I did uh, Golf Central the next week. I was like, ah, how do you not pick him? I had him as a pick. I understand. But it, it's hard. I mean, there's, it's limited, and that's what makes it so special. It's sad for the guys that don't get to do it. Uh, but you just got to keep working hard, and, and hopefully, you know, you get back on there. But there's – it's – it shows it's the thing that's amazing, and I said it as we closed our show last night, that we get so fired up and we spend so much time talking about Liv playing for this or PJ Tour playing for this and all the money we play for. But this week, it's for a little trophy, and there's no money on the line. It's that pride, representing your country and your team. It's amazing how that just brings the best out of these guys. And I think it gets back to the passion of love and golf. Because mm-hmm. I think you can get caught up in playing for money and playing for all that stuff. You forget why you started as a kid like I did. It's because mm-hmm. I loved it, and I still do. Uh, do I miss playing? Yeah, I miss playing well. I don't miss playing bad. That's for <laughs> dang sure. Uh, I had enough of that towards right. the end. But, I mean, you know what? I took 10 years off. I stayed home with my family. I got to know my kids. I wouldn't trade those years in the, for all the money in the world. Uh, and I've got to be around my grandkids and, and, and being, a, you know, with NBC and Golf Channel, it's kind of kept me in the sport. I love doing my job now. I have so much fun with it. And I hope it comes across that way. Uh, I'm not real controversial. That's not my kind of personality. I will give you my opinion. You may not agree with it. Uh, but, you know, I, I just love watching these guys. So they're so good that they're there's so many more of them. Are they better than we were? They might be. Uh, our top players and our top players are pretty good. There's more of them and there's more coming behind. I think college golf, getting on TV for playing in the NCAAs on TV, other tournaments on TV. I think it's made all these kids and a lot of the Europeans come over here and play. So they get that experience of playing in front of TV, talking to guys like y'all doing podcasts, doing interviews. I think that helps them, uh, big time coming in, playing, coming in and they're not as intimidated. These guys aren't as intimidated as I was, man. I never dreamed it. 18 or 22 years old, I play on a PGA tour event. I didn't know right. where they were. You know, I was just like, <laughs> oh, that's what I want to do. Uh, right. But I don't know how you would ever get on there. So, I mean, I think things have changed. Uh, probably tougher social media, more distractions. I tell these young players, turn your phone off. Don't get on social media when you're playing. Don't believe the good. Don't believe the bad. I do that. Try to do that with announcing. There's going to be people that are not like what we do. They're going to, you know, that's just part of it. Uh, but you just got to say, hey, you do the best job. You prepare I'm looking forward to being part of it. I'm nervous, excited uh, to get there and call on holes. I get to work with Tommy Roy, one of the best in the business with these mm-hmm. great guys uh, with NBC. I get a, it's a shot of a lifetime. I got to U, do the U S open with them. Uh, I, I just love watching. I love, and I, I cover everything and I just love the way these people play golf and the passion they have. It's just so much fun to be part of that. And still like, not that I'm living it through them, but I sort of am. Uh, getting to still see them and just like, golly, I missed that that shot, that feeling like Saganda hitting that shot to to, yeah. to represent. What a perfect way to end. I, I remember saying Saturday night, you couldn't script this any better if she would be hitting the winning shot to retain the cup in her home country. And then they asked me who's going to win. I said, it's going to be a tie. And I don't just out of the gut thing. And I, it ended up being a tie. It was just, yeah. but it was just back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Uh, and not that I'm, because I get most of them wrong. <laughs> um, but when you looked at those teams last week, they were even. Yeah, they were really even statistically. And I just finished up before we agreed to do this and and be on with y'all. 
I looked at it, both the teams. It's a little trickier because a couple of the guys play DP. But when you look at some of their stats, they're very similar uh, on both teams compared strokes gained off tee, strokes gained putting, fairways hit and all that. I think they're very, they're very tight that way. Gets down to that home crowd is worth at least a point or two. It's like, mm. you know, I, I think it is. Yeah. I, I think it is. I think like if you go play in a football game, you're playing a, a away game, uh, the, the home team has what, a half, three points, four points. Three points. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's I think the same as in this too. I think it, it means something because that adrenaline you feel when people are pulling for you, you completely lose your mind. And I, what's amazing is how well these guys and gals hit these shots under pressure mm-hmm. when the stakes are as high as they are. Now there's going to be some misses. But the level of golf is so much better uh, in these competitions. And it's it's going to be so much fun to sit back and be able to call it and to watch it and just let let the screen say it. Let it, it tell the story uh, and, and throw a few of my experiences. Hey, when I did this, you know, it's not that's the tricky part when you've played and you've been on it. You don't want to come across as you're bragging. And you don't know always know what's going on in their minds. But you can say, hey, when I had that shot, it's a pretty nervous feeling. Right. And, and that I think the viewer does like to hear that, uh, hey, you know, we're all nervous. And that's what's amazing is how uh, Tom Watson told us, always expect the unexpected, meaning expect your opponent to hole out a 30-footer, make mm-hmm. it from the fairway, never be surprised. And I think that was great advice for us. Well, what would be your advice to uh, a duo that maybe loses their first match like you did, and then you have that excruciating wait until the next day, but you were able to to win and then obviously beat Seve. So for guys who might lose Friday morning, I guess, what would you say to, you know, where they're going to be mentally and how they can kind of recover? I think you just got to keep grinding and understand your role. You may sit. I think that's the hardest thing for anybody and for any captain to know you have 12 of the best players in the world and you've got to sit four of them or you've got to sit somebody. Uh, You look at Headwall had to sit for three sessions Right. I mean, but you got to understand your role. And I think that's the hardest part because we're all competitors. But I would say that for me, I didn't know if I was going to get another opportunity, but be ready. Be ready. I think you have to mentally be ready uh, to get back out there. And and I think for those, if you lose, hey, you lose. If you, I think the hardest thing to accept is when you give it away. Mm. If you get beat, you can accept it. Right. I mean, when John Houston and I got smoked, it was like, well, we just got beat. They beat us. They were better that day, better that round. And I think that's how you have to accept it. Uh, but you have to be ready. You can't. You don't have time to get down on yourself. You really don't. But you've got 11 other guys and captains and vice captains pulling you through going, hey, you can do this. Uh, you know, it's like hearing from your parents telling you how great you are. But when you hear it from your peers and guys you usually compete with, mm. it means so much more. I think it, at least it did for yeah, me. Sure. All right. Well, we got to put you on the spot, especially because you you called the tie in the solo. Yeah, yeah I knew you were going you're, to. You're, you're red hot here. So give us a final score for the Ryder Cup here? What what do you think is going to happen in Italy? I think if the Americans play to their capabilities, I think they win it and they change to the streak goes away. And I think they win probably by a point. I really okay. do. I think it's going to be that close, but I close. think the Americans are going to break the streak. Uh, I, I just think, I think, I think it's like I looked at Lexi Thompson in mm. a horrible year she was having, mm. but something in that competition, something that Megan Kang brought out in her, Helped her go to what three one and zero. Yep, I think that could happen for JT. It could be something. This guy knows how to play. He didn't forget how to play. Mm-hmm. He's just in a little bit of a fog, and I think maybe he gets in there, gets comfortable, and gets. Uh, you know what he does when he gets confident. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be the star. Uh, I think you know. I think the top players have to play well. 
uh, obviously on both teams. But I think in the long run, I think the Americans break the streak. I really do. I, you know, it's not, it's, it's just going to be really close. It's tough because we said they got that kind of a two point jump. Right. Love it. Agree. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have to see if you, uh, you hit another one there, another prediction. Uh, Jim, I didn't put, I didn't put money on it though. No, no, no money, no money. We got to watch out for that now. Yeah. Yeah, We got to clarify that. Exactly. Exactly. And it was good. You clarified about the classified documents. You guys didn't steal any of those. (laughs) That is clear. So good job. Um, All right. Well, Jim, thank you so much for taking the time. We know you got a long trip ahead of you to Italy, but hopefully a fun one. We will be watching you uh, on golf channel and NBC all week as well. And thanks again for joining us. Have a great week out there. Thanks guys. Appreciate being on with us. A lot of fun. All right. Thanks again to Jim for joining us. And yeah, I've, we're, we're already checking out Golf Channel all week with the live from and NBC Sports will be all over it. Uh, Jim does a great job or along with the rest of that crew. So thanks again for joining us and we will be listening to him this week. Okay. So guys, we already, we know who, I guess we already kind of made the predictions, but are there any specific predictions we want to make? Because obviously Steve and I bet on Europe, CP's on US. Um, Steve and I are betting that this 30-year streak drought, whatever you want to call it, continues for the U.S. CP is betting on some history being made here. Um, any other uh, bowl calls? Are we looking at any uh, top point scores, anything like that? What have you guys been uh, toying with? Yeah, I mean... I, um, I um... I've kind of, I know I've mentioned JT, but I'm kind of coming around on uh, Colin and and uh, Max Homakawa. Hopefully we'll be calling them by the end of the week, um, a la Mollywood in, in 2018. And I think betting both of them to be the top um, overall point scorer, U.S. point scorers, I think overall it's eight and nine to one. Obviously, if you believe the U.S. is going to win like I do, I think that will be, uh, a key cog um, in route to uh, to that. Those two playing really well, probably Friday morning, getting off to a good start and then uh, sticking together the rest of the week. Um, and I think part of it is is because Colin Morikawa really came on strong at the end of the year, particularly with the Irons, which we know he's one of the best iron players in the world. And we know Max Homa is a pretty good putter, except from short distance, uh, which you might have found out if you read that thing I did on short putts. Max kind of struggled with the uh, the uh, short ones. Were you going to say something, Myers? Yeah, I was going to say I didn't read it, but I, it was a great idea by you. You What did you do? You ranked all the guys yeah. who give short putts to. I assume Scotty Scheffler is at the bottom or top of that list. Yeah, he was at the top. JT, um, Spieth, obviously, we know he's struggled mm. big time. A lot of uh, U.S. guys. Yeah, a lot of U.S. guys. I think the only one I had for Europe at the very bottom was Lowry, who kind of really was just a terrible putter in general uh, this past season. But Max is a good overall putter. Um, hopefully they don't need to hold too many three-foot knee knockers. So, yeah, I think I'm just really high on that team. I'm high on Morikawa. He had three and a half points as a rookie at Whistling Straits. Um, I think he comes to play this week. The Cali, the Cali squad kind of vibes out and uh, you might only need four points to win, to win that bet if it's a closely contested um, three days here. So I'm, I like betting both of them top overall and, um, and top us point scores. I have a bunch of bets that I like. Uh, the first one I really like is uh, the Europeans to win the first session. Uh, Europe's plus 150. So we know foursomes 
is going to be the first thing played for the first time in a while. I don't know if it's the first time ever. Um, but so if you can find a two-way market on that, I think that's the way I, I try to play it. It's plus 150 with tie as an option. Um, you know, they could split the, the matches. So, you know, that's, that's always uh, iffy, but I do think Europe takes the lead to start. Um, ben Coley had this one and I like this a lot. It's Terrell Hatton plus 800 to hit the opening tee shot for team Europe. So we saw that he's in that power pod with Rom, Hovland and Aberg. So you're assuming Aberg and Hovland are together. And it's, if it's going to be Rom and, and Hatton, I mean, you know, that's a, that's, probably their strongest team and maybe they stay together but you know if they lead with Hatton and Rahman we've seen that they like to lead with their strongest teams um it seems like the even holes are going to make the most sense for Rahm because I think a couple of the par fives are even holes 18's a par five there's a drivable par four that's an even hole so Hatton hitting first at plus 800 I think is sneaky value you can find that on DraftKings um and then Rory is the the heavy favorite to be first out for team Europe on Sunday, plus 165. I mean, we've seen that from, from him being the first guy out there. And, you know, I think he's the leader of this team. I still think that's a good bet. Um, and then top us rookie uh, powers talked about how he likes Homa. I think for him to be top rookie is a good bet, especially if him and um, more cow get on a roll. And I also heard that he's been playing a lot of golf with Cantley recently too. So like, you know, Maybe they break up Xander and Cantley for one of the sessions. And if Homa is playing well, I think that's a real possibility. Um, not based on the practice rounds we saw Tuesday, but that's the scuttle, but a little bit. So plus 150 for that. So a bunch of things I like. And this is the best part of the Ryder Cup is all the different bets you can make. And obviously, once we get the matchups, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the most fun golf events you could bet. Um, so I, I'm pumped. I don't know why you guys were down on it prior to this week. Come I don't on. Know, but this, I, I, look, I'll get into it once it starts. Like, like see, right. I just, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> for me, it's a little manufactured. Like all these, first of all, all these European guys live in the U.S. now for the most part. Not, maybe not, I'd have to look at the whole team, but, you know, they go to school here, they play here, play on the PGA Tour, except for a couple exceptions. They're all buddy-buddy. So, like, for three days, they pretend like they hate each other. I mean, I think in the old days with Seve and those guys, there was definitely a lot more animosity and there was, like, a little more of an edge to it. But I don't know. To me, it's kind of... Look at the tears, Rory, crying after... I know, I know. He's the same guy who had... When he was young, you could say, oh, he was young, he didn't know what he was talking about then, but he said it was an exhibition, it wasn't a big deal for him. Like I pointed out the other day, that's also when he was a cutthroat killer and he was winning majors by eight shots. Mm-hmm. Now that comes a big deal to him and he's weeping. Um, he hasn't won a major in a decade. So just saying, um, right. you know, it's funny how now that's a big deal for him. Right. Not winning real majors. And, you know, we've seen a lot of these European guys, hate to say it, kind of hang their hats career-wise um, or their Hall of Fame resumes career-wise on – the Ryder Cup, which again is every two years, it's three days. Anything can happen. To me, Tiger, it's a little... Tiger's resume and legacy fully intact forever, without right. much success in the Ryder right. Cup. In fact, almost none whatsoever. Almost none. So, almost none. you um, think, think that's more impressive than Ian Poulter's Ryder Cup record? 
So uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, that, that's all, but no, I'll get into it. I, look, the guys do get into it. They get fired up. It's fun to watch. No doubt about it. The fact that they're not playing for any money is definitely cool. Of course. Um, you know, Rory, you, I do think it it took a big blow in stature when all these guys did not even blink at um, leaving and and not being allowed on the team anymore. Westwood yeah. and Holter, guys who supposedly you know live and die with this event, did not bat an eye at hey, you're not ever going to be the captain or be on the team. Which I don't know could change. If yep. something drastic occurs uh, in the future, but uh, they kind of knew what they were getting into and left it behind without, yeah. again, without batting an eye. So that kind of, it kind of took a hit. In my a hit. That's a great point. And, and for those guys, I'd almost say then when it's time for them to possibly be in the hall of fame, I don't really want to hear them that that was such a big deal. Yeah. If they gave it up, the West mm-hmm. West would never want a major Sergio won one, at least. And he won a players West would never won. I mean, a bit of money. St. Jude, St. Jude, PGA Tour event. The Swamp Ass Open. He won. Gagged that away. Uh, he never even won the BMW PGA. He never <laughs> even won like the the flagship event of the European Tour. So, won a lot of uh, you know collecting Med Bank challenges. And, <laughs> right. The, you know. I've seen. For masters all over the world. Anyway, the point is like you can't build it up to be this big thing, and then right, they just they all just walked away from it. Um, but we'll see if they end up coming back. We'll see. I know Sergio. Yeah, Brooks got back in, so Brooks is back in. Um, oh, we didn't, Steve. Before we move on to the our NFL picks, congrats! You hit another winner back to back weeks. Bryson DeChambeau. You're and he went three and and he went three and zero. Did he really? And you're taking some oh, an NFL. That's right. Local uh, local bookie to the cleaners here. Oh. Um, yeah, we don't well, have to talk too much about that part. But, well, I mean, um, look, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, Bryson. Uh, he he was the favorite at eleven to one, and he was like eight back going into Sunday. So that bet was that bet was dead to me. Um, yeah. And then my buddy texted me at the end of the day Sunday. He's like, dude, how about? Capping off our great AC weekend with uh with a Bryson win. I was like, what are you talking yeah, about? No clue. Wow. No clue. Like, wow. Go. So amazing. Keep it going. And hey, this cool, doesn't buddy. happen too often when you go back to back. Back um, to back. Big no news. one's paying attention to Napa and then live Chicago, but we are, and money's money. So uh, man, I'll take a win of any kind right oh, yeah. now. Uh, awesome. All right. Speaking of which, let's go to the NFL. I'm sure I got daggered. I forgot what I even bet, what I even picked again. And I know I got crushed. I got killed on the Jags and Survivor. I, I, have, mm. I have my over bets for the year and wins are Saints and Ravens. They both, Oof. I mean, how the Saints oh. lost the game. One of the all time. David Carr. James. David Carr. Not great. 18 unanswered points. And then they brick a easy field goal to win the game. Yeah. Anyway. Just and the kick and the kicker answered questions about it. What a, what a concept! Hey, wow, amazing! <laughs> what a novel idea. Um, take notes, Lexi. Uh, okay, so <laughs> give us the rundown. How do we do? Stevie three and oh, wow, Steve three and oh, which gets him to five and four, which is now tied for first with me. I unfortunately went one and two, drank that Sam Howell Kool Aid. He might stink, Bills might be back. The, the Bills demise was greatly exaggerated. After week one, I also can't believe it. I bet it in real life. I picked them in this, the New York Jets. Uh, 
um, who actually, believe it or not, almost covered, but Zach Wilson yeah. is just that bad that um, they they came up just short. Um, and then I had the Chargers, which was another wild one. Just that was that 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 was that one o'clock window was everything. And even the and the four o'clock games that people were kind of hating on that that was everything that's great about an NFL Sunday. So yeah, Myers, you went zero and three, so you are in deep oh. deep trouble at two and seven. You had the Ravens who Gardner oh, Minshew uh, clipped, my guy Minshew. Uh, you also were on the Jets with me, and you were on the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night. So oh, and three. And I, and I, I bet on that one, too. <laughs> Which, by yeah. the way. Josh I McDaniels, mean, baby. What are you doing? You go, you're, you're kicking a field goal down eight with two minutes left? I mean, Anytime you can make a one-possession game a one-possession game, you got to do it. These coaches are so dumb. It's just they are. It's it's really amazing. Um, every week you watch, you, you you think more and more you could you could probably do a, a better job yourself. Or at least with like the, you know, clock or mathematical situations here. I mean, it just yep, just made no sense. Okay, all right. So I have to go first. Yes, you do. Very unprepared here. So let me. Uh, That's let me how go. we do. I don't know why I was thinking I wouldn't have to go first. Um, My victories were like not even sweats. 49ers over the Giants. The Chiefs. uh, Yeah, sorry, I didn't mention Steve's Chiefs route. Oh, yeah. And you thought that was so square. That was just, yeah, all the square plays were huge. The squares are in. The squares are live right now. I tweeted last night. I was like, the squares are killing it. So I'm going to do all this AJ Brown stuff. And they all hit. So, yeah. Squares Where, might be the new sharps. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not saying. I'm just saying. All right. I might. I might make some square plays here then too. Because <laughs> jumping out here. I mean. All right. The the Jags have to beat the Falcons by by at least three at home. I mean, come on. That's embarrassing. London. 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 Oh, it's London. Oh, it's London. Thank you. London. I see the nine thirty time. We uh, got morning cool. golf. We got morning NFL so Sunday. Jack, that's like their second home stadium. So yes, I'm true. still going to roll right. with that. They, they're used to it. Um, I'm going to take the Jags there. Oh, my God. Buffalo Dolphins. What a game. Oh, what a game. What a sport. I mean, if the Bills are really back. Oh, God. I'm I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to go Bills. Mm. 2.5. That's such a square play. But I'm, I got to do it. Um, okay. One more. I'm going to keep the square plays rolling here. I mean, Eagles minus nine. Hope, nah, that's a divisional game. But let's let's not get crazy here. Okay, let's see. Let's let's find one more better one. I'll take the Ravens to bounce back against the Browns. Ravens getting two and a half on the road. Um, nice. That was that was a bad job. I can't believe. I, I sh- oh, I forgot that the the toilet bowl Broncos Bears is coming. That. I can't do the Bears. I can't do the Broncos. Though. I already said I can't. So there's no way the Bears win that game. They stay. That's it is. They both. But I can't do it. I said I can't do the Broncos, so I can't do it. So those are my picks: Ravens, um, Bills, and uh, Jags. All right. I guess I'm up. I will take. I will blindly take the Saints in a Jameis Winston revenge game against <laughs> Buccaneers at home. Right. Uh, obviously bounce back spot after that crushing, crushing defeat. Um, Bucks defense. Okay. Although I thought the Eagles should have scored 40 last night. So maybe they're not that good. Um, but the, yeah. I, 
guess they held them up a couple times. But Saints at home, Saints are good in the dome. Jameis protect the football and, and get that win. So I'll roll with them. Um, I was not impressed by the Bengals last night. Home home dog Titans. I like. I just like. I think Burrow's still got a ways to go to be fully healthy. Um, so we'll go Titans <clears throat> plus two and a half there. Love a home dog. And then Myers, you just mentioned a game before. I I know I just got absolutely murdered by the Commanders, but um, yeah, I love the the divisional divisional games, big points. Um, nine points, I believe they're getting. So another bounce back spot, obviously for uh, for Washington there. So uh, divisional dog plus nine Washington. That's a good. That's a good bet. Um, I already have one. Of last my... team to beat. Last team to beat the Eagles. That's right. Yeah, but um, that Taylor Heineke. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. The Chiefs. I'm sorry. Well, well sure. yeah, but Heineke yeah. did beat the Eagles last year. Good call. That's right. Um, I, I am taking one of Myers. I, I was going to take uh Washington. I'm not going to take two of your guys' picks. So I'll switch it up. So Jags um against Atlanta. Good call, Myers. That's like a home game for the Jags. So. Minus three bounce back. Um, the Texans at home against Pittsburgh. Do you guys see this Pittsburgh flight coming back from yeah. Vegas? They're, they're in Kansas City, right? Like, yeah, they're on the plane for like a day. So that's that's wow. got to be rough. And uh, Stroud looks good. Texans might be. Looks he might good. be the guy. Yep. So you're going Houston. Uh, so then I need a third game. We'll go uh, Dallas. Um, yeah, I think the Pats looked better uh, because the Jets just aren't that good. And uh, the Pats moved the ball up and down the field on the Jets. So, so much for that Jets defense that was all the talk of the offseason. I think Dallas, uh, really vastly better team. Um, you're saying only four points without home field, four points better than the Pats. I think they're better than that. In seven on DraftKings. Well, I'm saying without the home field, oh. the line's telling you they're only four points better. I, I don't agree with that. So we'll go Dallas minus seven uh, as my third pick. Like that. My last play of the pod. I love Steve's call on Europe morning session. Um, if you can parlay that, I'm sure you can on the U.S. winning the afternoon session. I think the overall depth of the U.S., I think they'll be down 3-1, 2.5, 1.5, and then they'll kind of climb back into it. So if you can parlay those two outcomes, I, I kind of love uh, Europe in the morning, U.S. in the afternoon. That's that's a day right there for you. That's a Friday. There you go. little wow. bonus bet. I got one more bonus bet, too. Terrell Hatton, yeah. plus 260, top English point scorer. Uh, again, if he's with Rom and they friggin' go nuts, that that's gonna hit because you know there, there's not too many other you know top English competitors there. Uh, Fitzpatrick might be with these rookies. Rose isn't gonna play all four sessions. Hatton might play all five. So what about Fleetwood? Fleetwood's the only other guy, really. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like just being with Rom with Hatton, I, I think that's a good call. It's probably is that really set. Is that really set that they're going to play? Are they ever? Are they ever really set? We're going to get to yeah. Friday morning, and it's going to be none yeah. of what they showed us. It's the I'm most true. frustrating part of this week. I was looking at um, last Ryder Cups pairings, and like I had forgotten that JT and Spieth were broken up, and like 
Cantley and Xander were broken up yep. at one point. Like it was speed. Oh no, it was JT and Cantley, which is like such an odd pairing. You would think personality wise, but um, it's golf's version of like saying uh, Saquon's healthy and he's not even. Right. It's just like they they think they're NFL coaches when they should just play the hits and put out home on Morikawa and put out JT and Spieth. Um, so we'll see. We'll see Friday morning. We'll find out early. Yeah, that's the best. Two thirty. I mean, I ain't waking up that early, but try to catch <laughs> the yeah. back nine. Wake up at like four, four thirty. What's the time difference? Is it more than six hours? Let's see, it'll yeah, like it's five. Yeah, we're gonna be done on Friday at noon. Obviously, it's obviously it's gonna be pouring rain Friday, so we won't even be able to sneak out and right. golf. Yeah, so that's that's really six cool. Hours. Well, it rains every day, so. <laughs> Um, but uh i think saturday will will be will de- be going a little deeper into the afternoon okay yeah it makes all sense right. yeah all right well should be a fun week um thanks again to jim gallagher jr for joining us thanks as always to our producer greg Gottfried. uh thanks to everybody for tuning in please subscribe wherever you get your podcast check back next week we'll see who wins i mean what a battle here steven i versus cp it's our own little rider cup. Let's see it. See ya. Same old, same old. Squares Ooh. versus sharps. What do you know?